guys. Welcome to a, a very interesting segment of this episode of the Desert Shit Podcast. Um, this is recorded in the future ahead of the later segment you'll see in the podcast, the longer segment. This is kind of an add-on. I'm probably going to clip it on to the front. So welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, there will be a more, obviously formal intro when you get into the longer segment of the podcast but <laughs> obviously we're here for a reason um I, i'm not gonna ask tyler how he's doing because frankly i don't care he should be asleep i should be asleep but we're here because we love you guys and we gotta um we gotta talk about some major trades that went down that we kind of not like waited for because these are some very big trades that just went down um, literally like six hours between the time we recorded it and then the time that me and Tyler had time to uh, record this part of the podcast. Uh, five, actually, there is a little minor trade in there, but the four major trades, I mean, one is a massive one. We spent a whole episode, podcast episode, talking about this one. It's the Jacob Chigrin trade. Holy moly, it finally went down. Mother of all mercy. Thank God we don't have to hear Jacob Chikrin again. I don't ever want to hear that name again. <laughs> I swear it's been a long time coming, but the day is finally here. The uh, Jacob Chikrin has risen again. Um, but basically, Jacob Chikrin is on his way to the Ottawa Senators for a conditional 2023 first round pick a conditional 2024 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick. The condition, the 2023 first round pick is top five protected. If met the uh, 2024, I will transfer to 2024 and become unprotected. Additionally, should the senators reach the 2023 Eastern conference finals, which let's be honest, is probably not going to happen. The second round pick becomes a 2024 first round top 10 protected if that condition is met, then the pick transfers over the 2025 to become a first-round pick unprotected that season. Basically, you're getting two first-round picks and a second for Jacob Chickering. Tyler, talk, talk to me about the trade that finally, finally took place. Uh, super underwhelming return. Like, I don't know if I'm going was expecting uh, that kind of package for him just based on all the reports. You know, we all thought if he was going to the Kings, it would be like a Brent Clark or something. The Senators just got it done with the first and two seconds. It just feels like the Coyotes might have waited a little bit too long. Yeah, I mean, we obviously leading up to this heard about, you know, Shane Pinto getting sent in the deal or other prospects these top prospects that would probably be sent because Jacob Chickern has one year left on his deal uh he's an elite defenseman he has a good cap hit he's a young defenseman and then like you said it's very underwhelming we waited basically two seasons for Jacob Chickern to be traded for two firsts in a second is I it two firsts what are you talking about it's it was, a it's a conditional oh, right. first and two a, condition it's a conditional second. It's not even two first. I read that wrong. My bad. It's a first and two seconds. Like that. 
is one of the first L's I think for B- Phil Bill ah, for Bill Armstrong because I mean again all the things we just mentioned Jacob Chickering is young Jacob Chickering is on has one year deal and is on a really cheap team friendly deal and this is all you get back for him it's um it's very underwhelming and it's definitely not comparison to value for Jacob Chickering. I mean, shout out to Bill Armstrong and Mike Greer, the best buddies, both getting underwhelming returns for these top tier players, because I I even feel like if they had waited for the draft, I, I think they could have gotten a better return, even though Chickering was going to play. So what? Like he doesn't have a no, well, he has no movement clause, right? Uh, no, he didn't. It, it kicked in uh, next season. So, so this was the only chance they had to trade him without uh, him having like uh, any way to block the trade. Even still, like you're probably going to get maybe better assets at the draft. And the fact you only got a first and two second rounders, including a second rounder that's all the way in 2026. Phil Peronic got basically the same value as Jacob Chickering, which is insane. Yeah, uh, I think the Coyotes kind of took the one deal that they didn't have to retain any salary for. And I feel like that's kind of important because they only have one spot left to retain salary. So, you know, if they want a, a broker, a deal, or, you know, retain on Bukestad or something, because if they retained on Chickering, they would have to retain for uh, two more seasons after this that he signed. They're still retaining on OEL. And then Kane, which is yeah. uh, expiring after this year. So if you were if they retained on Chicker, that would be two guys that they're retaining salary on for multiple years. I don't think they really wanted to do that. Yeah. So I, I kind of think they were just left with the Senators as the one team who could really take out on his full salary. Like obviously it's not a huge salary, but I mean a lot of the teams who were wanted Chicker and were a little cap runch would have had have the Coyotes retain salary and I think they want to keep that spot open for the future yeah I agree with you I think it's smart they didn't retain salary but I think you'll agree with me that Ottawa most likely unless that first rounder turns into like Connor McDavid or something Ottawa pretty much won this trade yeah but um the the pick I I don't think Ottawa makes the playoffs neither do I that pick that pick could potentially be top 10 you know, I think it'd be more between like 12 and like 14, 15. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you potentially, Kyrie's can end up with a top five pick and then pick again at like eight or nine, you know, if they get lucky with the sense pick and it moves up a little bit. So, I mean, you could potentially be getting two top 10 picks in this draft, which is huge. So that's why I don't totally hate, uh, hate it. But, I mean, we'll have to see how the draft lottery turns out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving away from that and moving back to your favorite or your second favorite team, the LA Kings getting Eric Portillo from the Buffalo Sabres for a 2023 third round pick. Uh, Portillo has been talked about this whole past season basically because he wants out of Buffalo because Buffalo has a lot of good goaltender prospects and they still have Craig Anderson and uh, Eric Comrie. Um, so obviously no offense to him because he wants to play in the NHL. Like he requested a trade basically and say, uh, Hey, I'm not going to sign with you guys. Like 
and I'm going to be a free agent and you're not going to get anything back for me. So the Sabres are like, all right, we're going to, we're going to flip. Yeah. So I like getting a good goaltending prospect. Your quick thoughts on this one. I really like this trade. Um, LA's uh, goaltending has been the problem for a while. Uh, you don't really have like a, a guy there that you can rely on for, you know, the next few years. I mean, you're relying on Copley and Corpusalo now. Both guys are uh, not really long-term options. Peterson is kind of a question mark right now. So, you know, you let uh, you let him develop in the AHL for a few years, and hopefully you find your goalie of the future. Yeah, um, moving on. The Penguins make their first out of two trades uh, this night. It is Teddy Bluger to the Vegas Golden Knights for a third-round pick in 2024 and Peter De La Brote. Your thoughts on the Teddy Bluger trade? Uh, I actually really like this for Pittsburgh because uh, based on everything I've seen, Bluger's been awful this year. Um, everyone wanted him out of there. Uh, you know, he was not good. So I think getting a third-round pick for him is, is solid. And it clears cap, which is what the Penguins want to do to try and make another move. Uh, Vegas gets depth. I don't know how good he'll be there. I know Bluger's fallen off a little bit this year. But uh, Vegas is pretty good, so. Maybe he finds his game again. Yeah, he has 10 points in 45 games this season. Uh, last season, he had 28 points in 65 games. He was really good last season. So I, I think it's a good trade for both sides. I think Vegas really reawakens these players. Like Chandler uh, Stevenson, we saw it with him where he was sent to Vegas for a very low draft pick. And now Teddy Bluger obviously sent for a third-round pick. It's not bad for Pittsburgh. That's a pretty decently um, – ranged pick especially for teddy bluger who's a top a bottom six forward but i think vegas could turn him into something special they've been known to do that so i would not be surprised if he comes out of nowhere and starts scoring uh he has that potential in him he was a great bottom six option the last season so we'll see if he can kind of regain his form in vegas as you said the san jose sharks Oh, boy. What are they doing? They have traded Mikey Isomont to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Vladislav Nemestikov. Do you want to take this first? Um, I, I mean, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but I, I really like this trade for the Sharks uh, just because you get Isomont off waivers from the Jets. You, turn, you flip them for Nemestikov, Tampa retains 50%. That's already cheap, and I 100% think the Sharks flip him now for a pick. You know, maybe you don't get anything great, but, I mean, his salary uh, was not that huge. I'm trying to find it right now, but with Tampa retaining 50%, and now the Sharks, you know, being able to retain 50%, I mean, I think you get, like, a fourth for him, turning him to, like, a, a playoff team. We could help their uh, bottom six out. So I think if the Sharks are able to flip him for a pick, you turn a waiver claim into like a fourth round pick. I think that's really good. Um, I'm going to read the stats first, and then I'm going to share my opinion. So I'll start with Vlaslav Nemeskov, who has six goals, nine assists, 15 points in 57 games. Mikey Isomont, 39 games played, four goals, nine assists, 13 points. Uh, with the Sharks, he's played 20 games, eight points in those 20 games. Listen, I have opinions about this one because I really thought Mikey Isomont was a great player for the Sharks in a short little stint. 
I thought he was a great kind of middle pack, maybe towards the bottom forward. And the fact they're getting a 30-year-old Vladislav Nemestikov now is if the Sharks – if we didn't get the information that the Sharks are going to flip Nemestikov, which it sounds like that's what they're going to do, I don't like that trade. If we're looking at this trade and we're ignoring whatever, yes, Mikey Isomot was picked up on waivers, but he's a young forward – who has done pretty well in his short stint with the Sharks on a team that sucks at death scoring. Oh my gosh, the Sharks suck. The bottom six at least sucks for the Sharks because as much as I love Stevie Lawrence, he's been iffy. Mikey Eismont obviously has been great. Who else is down there? Just a rotating, almost fringe NHL players like Noah Gregory. He has some great moves. He just cannot finish for the life of him. He is not a good finisher at all. I I don't know. Um, let me look up who the Sharks currently have at their bottom six right now. But I really liked Mikey Isma in his short time with the Sharks. I thought he was a good power forward. You got down there Evgeny Sveshkov, who's actually been decent this season. I'm scared that the Sharks are going to flip him. I hope they resign him. I think he's been great with the team. Nick Benino, he's getting dealt, and he's been iffy. Oscar Lindblom, I love Lindblom. He's not been good at all for the Sharks this season. Nico Sturm are arguably should be in the top six. Out of all six of those players down there right now, he. He's great. And then you're probably going to have Andreas Johnson down there. He's – is he even an NHL anymore? He spent most of his time in the AHL this past season. Fabian Zetterlin also down there. I mean, yeah, you're going to have him down there. But out of all those players, I would put Isama in the top half of those players because, again, I just thought he was great. He could finish. He got those good, dirty chances. He was a physical presence, which the Sharks do not have at all. The Sharks have no one that will stand up for them. And it happened a couple of times where Logan Couture, one of these big name players, were knocked down and Mikey Isomont stood up to them, fought people. He was great. And if you look at this trade individually, ignore that they're most likely going to flip into Meskov again. You're getting a 30-year-old Ford who has almost the same totals as Mikey Eismont. I don't like that. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be older. We're trying to get younger. And again, we're going to ignore that they're most likely going to trade on the Meskov because again, it sounds like they are, but will they? Probably. But um, um I just will point out, Mikey Eismont has one of the most interesting player cards I've ever seen. Yeah. It is so weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. His his even strength offense is ninety one percent. Do you know what his finishing is? My good is it's it zero percent. But his yeah, even strength defense is a hundred percent. It's just caught totally opposite. It's so weird. He's um. He's interesting. Um, because. I felt like he was starting to get that finishing ability with the Sharks because he was putting away some good goals, some good dirty goals as well. Again, we'll see what happens. It's just 
it's just um, like strange numbers. That's why I, I think Tampa, it's a good pickup for them because Tampa's you good. have a guy who's, who's, his offense is there. He just can't finish. And Tampa just can, they just have a way to get these guys to be able to finish and put the puck in the net. So I, I could see this guy turning into like a 15, 20 goal scorer on Tampa's like fourth line. Yeah, Tampa's going to absolutely love him. We have 43 hours ish till, or no, subtract that by five. We have uh, 38 hours left until they get half. Um, so they have 38 hours to trade Nemestikov. I think he has deal ends the season. I'm not sure about that. Don't quote me. Yeah, it is. He's signed 2.5 million. So Tampa retained 50. And now if the Sharks return 50%, I, I think they can get a solid pay for him because, you know, he'll fit in on third, fourth line for old, for like less than a million. Yeah, about so we'll, a million. So we'll see what the Sharks plan to do with Nemestikov. As of right now, I think Tampa got a really good forward in Mikey Eismont. I really liked Eismont. We'll see what they do with Nemeskov. I don't see Nemeskov getting a lot of value, maybe a third or less, and that's that's stretching a little bit. So I don't really know, but I don't like that trade for the Sharks. I really don't. I I support the, the rebuild. I thought Timo Meyer should have been traded for the right price. And the last two trades made by the Sharks have just totally disappointed me. And it sucks to say, because this is exactly what I wanted. I I wanted to rebuild, but you got to do it the right way. And I, th- I I did like that one trade they made for that college kid. Um, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. Um, Thurin. Um, yeah. I liked that trade, but the Meyer trade and not the Isomont trade. I don't like it from Mike Greer, big money Mike. Um, but yeah, we have uh, any other thoughts before we get to the last trade? Well, no. All right, so our last trade of right now before billions of other trades happened. Seriously, like we logged off and then Chickering got trade an hour or two after we logged off. So you're going to hear me. I'm going to mention it. You're going to hear me mention Chickering and I think Tyler mentioned Chickering too a couple of times in this recording, the next recording that you'll hear. And again, because we didn't know Chickering was getting traded. I really thought he wasn't going to get traded, but you know, whatever. Anyway, this is another surprising one. The Predators trade Mikhail Granlin to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a second round pick. Your thoughts on Mikhail Granlin going to the Penguins? Um, I love this trade for Nashville. Uh, just because <laughs> Granlin has been awful this year for them. He's just totally lost it. Uh, you look at his advanced stats, just everything, and he's just not been doing anything good this year. And it, this guy just feels like the exact opposite of what Pittsburgh needed. This guy is like a second, third line player who's, you know, pass first, you know, just get doesn't score a ton, gets a decent amount of assists. It just feels like Pittsburgh Pittsburgh needs to like booster up that bottom six and get secondary scoring. This guy just doesn't feel like the guy that's gonna get you that. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the penguins got older, and that's exactly what they don't want to do. You want to get younger and you want to have young depth scoring. This is not the player that is going to take you to this. You're not a Mikhail Granlin away from the Stanley Cup. 
So why make the deal? It's a deal to make a deal because the penguins yeah. left out and because the penguins have been felt has probably been feeling pressured to make a move with their bottom six completely awful. And now that bottom six is pretty much gone with Brock McGinn going on waivers, Kasperi Kapanen now in St. Louis, uh, Teddy Bluger getting shipped off to Vegas. I mean, Granlin last season was had 64 points in 80 games. Not bad. This season, he's got 36 points in 58 games. Not terrible, but he's a 31-year-old Ford going to a team that is filled with 35-plus-year-old players. Like, half their team is made up of 30-plus-year-olds. And if you want to win, you cannot be a fossilized team. You cannot have a bunch of fossils on your team. You need youth that can be speedy and that can score, especially in the bottom six. And your bottom six right now, Brock McGinn, Jeff Carter, all these players, like, no, this is not how you build a Stanley Cup team. That's not how they did it before. So I don't know why they're trying to do it again or trying to do it now because it makes zero sense. And this just cements that Ron Hextall is terrible. So your bottom six right now consists of Mikhail Granlin, Jeff Carter, Dan Heinen, Drew O'Connor, Drake Kajula, and Josh Archibald. Out of those six, I would say Dan Heinen is the only one that deserves to still like be on a a Stanley uh, on this team because the rest yeah. of them and your top six right now is Evgeny Malkin, Brian Russ, Jason Zucker, Ricard Raquel, Sidney Crosby, and Jake Gensel. Gensel and Raquel are probably the only players under 30 in those in that list. So yeah, what are you doing obtaining another 30-year-old? Hopping over to Nashville side, I love this for Nashville because it's no secret that Granlin wasn't going to stay much longer. I mean, it seems like he liked Nashville, but he never really fit in with Nashville, even though he had a decent season last season. It just felt like, you know, the time was ending. I didn't expect it to happen. I didn't expect it to be the Penguins to grab him. But I had the feeling that Granlin wasn't going to stay after the season and that he was going to just leave and, Again, great trade by Nashville. Second round, getting a second round pick for Granlin is really nice. Yeah. To me, the thing that makes the least sense about this trade is Pittsburgh has spent the last few days just clearing cap space. Uh, sent down uh, Kapanen, who got claimed. Uh, sent down McGinn, trade Bluger. And, you know, they're just clearing cap space. And uh, I thought it was to, to make a, a big move, you know, maybe go after a guy like Brock Besser or maybe even JT Miller somebody else and then they go out and get Grelin who signed for this year and two more after at five million. He is. So yeah. you just you cleared all of this cap space to to just go get a guy who's older and you know doesn't even have a good cap hit. Five mil. Five mil for the next two years. And and it's it's not even that he's gonna be expiring after this year. He, he's not even a free agent until 2025. Yeah. So it's confusing. It's stupid. It's what the Penguins have become, a slow, old, fossilized team. And now that, they, now that they're doing this, now that they cleared their bottom six and their cap space for someone like Mikhail Granlin, it makes me really scared for their playoff hunt. And yeah, I, 
I really thought that they were going to go after Brock Besser because Besser would make them younger. He probably yep. would have been been cheap. You know, his cap is a little yeah. high, but he would have been pretty cheap. You probably didn't could have gotten Vancouver to retain some. So Vancouver. I feel like Vancouver. <laughs> we always have to talk about Vancouver. <laughs> I just I feel like this this move has made no sense, but. I mean, I'll, I'll take it as somebody who does not want Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I think this is a like a good move to just you know delay their rebuild a little bit longer. They're definitely trying to. They're doing what Detroit did, which was acquire these old fossils to keep their team old, to keep their team playoff, like playoff good, like they'll make it into the playoffs. But once they're in there. They do absolutely nothing and get swept. This is exactly what it feels like the Penguins are doing. Washington's doing a good job because they're like, okay, we don't have a team that can compete for the Stanley Cup. We're going to make the playoffs most likely, but it's not going to, we're not going to do anything in the playoffs. And so they're resetting for a year. It's okay not to make the playoffs because, yes, you have Ovechkin, but. Would Ovechkin want to make it into the playoffs every year and get swept in the first round, or would he want to reset for a year or two and then have a decent team to go for a Stanley Cup run? I would say the second. I I don't think Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin or Chris Letang, I don't think they're idiots either. So I wonder what they think of this trade, honestly. Like, I wonder if they genuinely think that this core that they have can still win. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably got to get frustrating at some point being them because, I mean, especially Latang has much, he's declined a lot. Yep. I mean, obviously, Malkin and Crosby are still elite, but, yep. you know, they, they are getting older. So, Absolutely. I mean, if you're Crosby or Malkin, you don't really want to spend the, the latter part of your, your 30s, you know, getting swept in the first round or being a fringe playoff team. You know, they're going to want to push for for cups to get one more before they retire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you hit the nail uh, right on its head. Like, I think that's a great way to close it out. So, any other comments before we let the listeners jump into the main meat of the podcast? Well, we'll see what Lou's cooking. Yeah, yeah, Lou, Lou Lemorello. I mean, Lou's cooking. Now that Chickering's off the trade market, Gavrikov obviously off the trade market. There's not a lot of players left, so I, I don't gonna... know anything that Lou's gonna do. So I think it's just kind of wait and see. Unless but I there... don't think he's done yet. Yeah, unless there's another like Phil Peronic trade that comes out of nowhere, and we're like, what the literal heck? I don't think we need to record another emergency podcast. We're, so we got most of the trades out of the way in this video and the or sorry this podcast and the last podcast so i mean well fingers crossed we won't be doing another one of these as much as i love talking to you tyler <laughs> it is currently 1202 in the, in the evening <laughs> so yeah i mean Enjoy the rest of the podcast. You're like I like I said, you're gonna hear me and Tyler speak a lot about Chikorin. Um, now that Gabrikov is off the market, and from that short period of time, you didn't really know what's going on. So there's going to be hypotheses about Chikorin that were obviously wrong in there. 
Um, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's not much to much else to say. So thank you for listening to the Desert Chip Podcast and welcome to the main meet of the podcast that was recorded earlier on uh, the March the 1st. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Desert Podcast, the Desert Shift Podcast. I mean, we're not supposed to be here, Tyler. Yeah, but, but that, that's what busy days do. I'm going to ask you the age-old question, how are you doing today, Tyler? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited for Friday. We'll see what happens leading up to then, but we got a big day that happened yesterday to talk about. He forgot to mention it was a cloudy, it's a cloudy day it's in Arizona. It's a cloudy day here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, so uh, as mentioned, we're not supposed to be here, but it's emergency podcast time, guys. It, it's it's that time. We are finally doing one because yesterday, which was uh, the 28th of February, was freaking insane, capped off by a major trade that happened basically around midnight last night and was completed this morning we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into all the trades that went down um so thanks for uh listening i mean a second episode the week so uh, i'm sure we're taking time out of tyler's precious schedule and i mean (laughs) obviously this this was a day that uh was too big for for us to not be together in person because the next episode's obviously gonna be over zoom um but yeah, I mean, let's dive straight into it. This one, I mean, the last episode, you were asking me about a San Jose Sharks trade that obviously was kind of sad. This one's going to be sad for some Kings fans. Columbus trades Vladislav uh, Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo to LA for a 2023 conditional first round pick and a third round pick along with goaltender legend Jonathan Quick before I say absolutely anything Tyler the mic is all yours you are a massive Kings fan they are your second favorite team spit away my dude uh, I have a lot of thoughts about this trade uh, first of all I'm gonna say that uh, Quick will obviously be missed in LA he's a legend there won two cups had that magical run in 2012 um, he's, he's obviously the legend. His number will be in the Raptors soon. With that being said, it was time to move on, in my opinion. Um, I'll, I'll always be thankful for his time there, but uh, I could not stand quick this season. He was one of the worst goalies in the NHL, and uh, I, I personally thought it was time to move on. Um, a lot of people are upset by the way that it was handled, the whole thing, you know, treating a franchise legend like that. Um, I don't have, like inside of what happened there but what i i think is that uh rob blake you know him and quick had a discussion and i'm guessing it went along the lines of quick was you know uncertain about his future but he did not want to retire and uh i I think that if you know quick said that he wanted to keep playing he didn't want to retire then you know the kings were okay with moving on from him because they knew he wasn't going to be back next season so uh, i think more things went on behind the scenes than a lot of people thought so, you know, a lot of people might be upset by the way that his whole situation was handled. But I, I think that if, you know, Quick and Blake talked and, you know, Quick was really did not want to retire, he wanted to continue playing, then uh, I think Blake, uh, he was like, you know what, we're not going to bring you back next year. Might as well move on now because we will make the playoffs this year. And, you know, 
you're, you're not going to be really be playing for us in the playoffs or in the future. As much as it hurts to move on, it, it was time. Uh, I'll talk about the re- return now, Korpisalo and Gavrikov. Uh, I, I think that this is a trade that necessarily didn't have to be made, but it's not a bad one. I think it helps the Kings out. Gavrikov's a very solid defenseman. Uh, he'll fit great uh, in their, their top 4D there with Anderson Dowdy, and I'm, I'm assuming he'll play with Matt Roy. We haven't seen the lines yet, but uh, Corpusalo will help out. He's having a solid year in Columbus, a team that's struggled a lot. Uh, he's put up solid numbers there, and uh, you know he's been great in the playoffs, Corpusalo. We saw it uh, when they beat Toronto in the bubble, and then when he had that ridiculous performance, the five-overtime game against Tampa. So if, if Copley, you know, it, uh, doesn't step up in the playoffs, you know you got a guy who has some playoff experience there. Uh, I like the return. Giving up a first isn't terrible, considering you make the playoffs. It is a good draft, but, uh, I mean, sometimes you got to give up those big picks to get the, the players you want back. So uh, am I a fan of the trade? Not totally. Uh, I think that it, it I felt like a trade just to make a trade. Like Rob Blake was feeling the pressure of all the other teams around him making a trade and just kind of felt the need to pull the trigger when he didn't have to. Uh, I think he should have been more patient, um, but we'll see. I don't know if the Kings are done yet, but uh, it happened. Cam moved back. The Kings got uh, better overall, and I think that's the most important part of it. Well, first off, I want to say how happy I am <laughs> to see Jonathan Quick finally out of or to have the Pacific Division, maybe not for long, but we'll talk. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, I want to talk about the condition on that first round pick real quick. Condition is if LA does not make the playoffs, it turns into a second this season and a second next season. If they do, it's a first this season. Um, I'm going to disagree with you about making a trade just to make a trade because what did LA need? They needed another defenseman and they needed a good goaltender. Goaltending has been an issue. Yes, Corpusalo has been eh, iffy, you know, uh, the past couple of seasons. But, um, again, he's been on a really crappy Columbus team for the past couple of seasons. He's only been in the playoffs once, and that one time he made it, he was magnificent. But like you said, that incredible game uh, versus uh, Tampa, I think that was game one, right? Yeah. Yeah, game one of that uh first round in the playoffs, I mean, that was incredible. I mean, he even won the Blue Jackets around against Toronto. He's reliable. Uh, he has 11 wins this season, 11 losses this season, three overtime losses, has a goals against average of 3.17 and a save percentage of .913. Again, on, again, on a very garbage Columbus team, that's impressive. That's that's a great pickup for Rob Blake and, and the Kings. Again, they've been relying on Phoenix Copley, which is okay. I'm not discrediting Phoenix Copley, but Phoenix Copley isn't the ideal starter for your team going into the playoffs. Um, speaking more on Blaslav, uh, Gavrikov, he's been, until this season, probably one of the most underrated defensemen, and now he's kind of turned the other way. Uh, he's 27 years old. He has an expiring deal. He has three goals, seven assists, ten points this season. Is a minus eight in fifty-two games. Again, something the Kings desperately needed. Is he going to stick around with LA? Probably not, because Gavrikov did say himself that he wants to test the free agency market. He'll probably get a crap ton of money somewhere. We know the Kings like Chikorin. 
They might try again if they don't re-sign Gabrikov in the offseason. It's something that the Kings really needed, and I think it really benefits them. Going on to uh, Columbus's return, I mean, again, they were going to trade both these players. Both these tra- tra- uh, Both these players have been in trade rumors for what seems like forever. It's quite obvious they needed to get rid of him before Gavrikov obviously uh, ended his contract. It's, it was quite obvious once Boston ended their relationship with Columbus over this deal that L.A. was going to be in it. And, I mean, it's not a surprise. And then you give up Jonathan Quick. I want to talk about him one quick second because I do want to get to the draft picks. Like I said, a first and another pick. A first this year is great. Yeah. I mean, even if it's a late one that L.A. might have, I mean, that's still great in this draft. And even if it turns into two seconds, if somehow, in some way, some miracle L.A. doesn't get into the playoffs, that's still great value. That is great value for Columbus. Now, Jonathan Quick, 11 wins, 13 losses, four overtime losses, uh, has a 3.50 goals against average this season and a .876 save percentage this season with the Kings. I mean, at this point in time, I agree with you. He was being kept around because he's a Kings legend. He helped them win two Stanley Cups. Undoubtedly, the best goaltender in franchise history for the Kings. One of the best American goaltenders of all time. In his prime, he was outstanding. And even last year in the playoffs. Yeah, he he wasn't even bad last year. So this like kind of like came out of nowhere this year with just him completely falling off a cliff. It was time. I 100% agree with you. It was time to move on to Quick. Do I think this was the best way to move on from him? No. Because Quick is a very competitive guy. And it sounds like, again, I wasn't there. I cannot fully quote on this, but it sounds like he didn't really want to be moved to a non-contending team. It sounds like he wants to contend for a Stanley Cup. I'm sure all players do, but this is quick. This is, he's approaching his his goodbye tour. Um, he's pr- probably, I'm not going to say um, 100% that he retires after the season, but it is a possibility he retires after the season. And sending him to Columbus, Ohio, is not the best way to get rid of your starting goaltender. No disrespect to Blue Jackets fans. You guys are great. You guys have Nasher. Um, But your team is not great this season. So do I think that's the best way to send off quick? No, because is LA thinking when they make this trade that, oh, Columbus is going to flip him for something to a contending team? No, they're thinking about themselves, and rightfully so. But at the same time, it's not right because this is your franchise goaltender. This is the goaltender you're going to retire his number. There's no way they don't retire his number. He's most likely getting to the Hockey Hall of Fame. So why tarnish your relationship with Quick? Because he was pretty pissed off. I'll read the quote in a couple minutes. What he said. What I'm saying is, obviously they needed to include a goaltender to uh, make this deal work. Obviously, they have Copley, they have Peterson, they have Quick. Um, they could have put in another AHL goaltender um, to make this deal work. 
yes, you would have had four goaltenders, but then flip Quick somewhere else because Quick is 100% going to get interest from other teams. Is he anything more than a backup? No, absolutely not. But, I mean, it's disrespectful the way I feel like they handled it because they traded him to Columbus. And everyone knows that Columbus is one of the crappiest teams in the league. Everyone knows Columbus is maybe a year or two out from competing for a playoff spot. Everyone knows that Columbus still has really good goaltenders. So what is quick on there? Is he better than Merzlikens? Is I know there's another guy down there. Is he better than that goaltender? And I mean, reports have now came out that quick that Columbus is going to shop quick. Quick does not want to be there. A hundred percent. Do you blame him? No. For, I mean, I'm going to roast Columbus. I've never been. I want to go. So, no diss. But who wants to go to Ohio right now? (laughs) Especially with that toxic water going on. I mean, Blue Jackets are not that good. Who wants to go to Columbus? Let me read the quote right now that Jonathan Quick said after the trade. Or... What Frank Saravelli said about Jonathan Quick, I should say. To say Jonathan Quick is unhappy with the trade is an understatement. The entire Kings team was a bit down after the game, a win, and you can understandably see it in Anze Kopitar's face after a four-goal night. So not only are you pissing off Jonathan Quick, who, again, you want to have a good relationship with, because even though he's going to be in the past as a player, he's going to be in your future as something. But you're also pissing off Anze Kopitar, your captain, who 100% is the best player in the Kings. Uh, 100%. And debatable. I'm going to say 100%. Okay. And you're also pissing off the whole team. So the team morale is also going down. Do you really want to have that morale right now in the locker room going into the playoffs? Maybe they're going to understand in a couple of days that, hey, this is business. But if they were to enter the playoffs right now with that morale, that would suck. Yeah. That, that's why I, I think that, you know, Quick and Rob Blake had a meeting. And, you know, I, I think if Quick said, you know, I'm done after this year, I'm going to retire, I, I don't think they trade him at all. Yeah. I think that, you know, they keep him around, maybe carry three goalies for the rest of the year. And then, uh, you know, he retires at the end of the year. I think Quick is uncertain about his future, and he's leaning more likely towards playing again in the future. Uh, you know, if if you you know you're not going to bring him back next year, you don't really want to carry around three goalies for the season. Then this trade makes sense because you know you, you're moving on. You know, it's it's kind of a crappy way to move on, but uh, it, it was time. And uh, I don't I think the relationship isn't great now, but I mean we've seen it happen. You know. Uh, like a bad breakup between players, but then uh, even in Columbus with Rick Nash, wasn't the greatest ending there between them. But you know, when you're a legend in a place, that that relationship eventually repairs itself. So uh, I think once Quick retires, then I, I think all will be good there. Um, you know, obviously there's probably a, a sour feeling there with like the legends with Dowdy and Kopitar. But you know, as a player, you gotta just you know put your head down and realize this is a business. Move on. I mean, you could be upset about it, or you know, uh, you just kind of, kind of leave it in the past and you know, move on. So taking the whole quick 
issue away from it. I, I do actually want to mention real quick before I say that. Uh, it sounds like Vegas is interested in Quake, which is interesting because, no offense again, I'm going to piss off a lot of people, but Vegas loves stabbing their goaltenders in the back. We see it. We saw it with Flurry. We saw it with Leonard. Could happen with Quick if it ha if they go there, but that'd be cool to see Quick back in the Pacific Division, and especially against Vegas, who most likely, if the Kings win their round, they're most likely going to play Seattle. They're most if they win, they're most likely going to see Vegas. Um, so that's just a thing. But taking the Quick personal personal uh, aspect out of it do you see a tra do you see a winner in this trade right now uh i think the kings win this trade um columbus obviously uh you, you get a first round pick but i mean this this trade is to help the kings win now and i think it does that perfectly you get two guys that set you up great uh for this playoff run and uh, i mean obviously we're never going to know what first round picks turn into for a few years but uh i think that uh Right now, the Kings win the trade. Uh, maybe a little even for both sides. We'll see what it looks like down the road for Columbus. Uh, I'm actually curious to see what if they get anything for Quick, because, I mean, I don't really understand why a playoff team would want him. He has been one of the worst goalies this year. Um, he's been pulled in a ton of games. He's led in a ton of soft goals. His positioning has been awful every single game. Uh, he just doesn't look like himself anymore and as i'm curious like he still has a five million dollar contract more than that uh obviously it expires but uh i i don't really see why a playoff team would want him to be like their backup going into the playoffs because even if you look at vegas's case i would much rather have brossois or aiden hill than him uh as a backup going into the playoffs because uh, i'm assuming logan tossin will be back by then so uh to, to me, Vegas doesn't really make sense, and most playoff teams don't make sense because um, I I really would not want him as a backup. Nothing like against him. I, I love Quick for what he's done in the past, but I, I think it's time for him to hang it up, but we'll see what happens. I think people will, or teams will take flyers on him as a third-string goaltender, a backup as best. I think and for a team like Pittsburgh, they'll take a flyer on him. I think Columbus, whatever trade they do, they retain 50% of Quick's salary, so it's only like $2.5 million. Um, so I think someone like Pittsburgh takes a flyer on them. Pittsburgh's been struggling with goaltending. I could see Florida possibly taking a flyer on him, especially with the way Bobrovsky's been playing. Spencer Knight is obviously in the player assistant program. Um, maybe take a flyer on him. Just these teams that are struggling with goaltenders, because, again, it's only 2.5 mil with, uh, with salary retained, which is 100% happening if you're dealing quick. And it's probably not going to cost you a lot, so I can see it. But I'm going to go back and agree with you. I think L.A. wins this trade 100%. They get exactly what they need with Gabrikov and Corpusalo. I think Corpusalo is a great goaltender. I think he was just in a crappy place. Um, I think this easily makes the Kings the best in the Pacific Division. I think they're better than Vegas, especially if Mark Stone out, depending on what Vegas does. But most of the big assets are now taken off the table. So what what can Vegas add that can possibly top it? I mean, again, freaking Connor McDavid could get traded out of nowhere at this point of rate of time. So who knows? Um, I was obviously a joke, but um, 
I think LA wins this trade a hundred percent. I love this trade for LA. I think this makes them a strong team in the whole Western Conference and chewing as the Pacific Division champions this season, if not second seed. Yeah. Okay, so that was the main thing. We have another major trade to talk about, but we'll talk about it later because we got a lot to talk about here, Tyler. And this is kind of the reason why we need to do an emergency <laughs> podcast because we can't just hold all of this back for yeah. another week. We're just going to get more stuff piled on and this is going to be a two-hour podcast. So, uh, Jake Wallman extended by the Red Wings. Three-year deal worth 3.4 AAV. Five goals, five assists, 10 points, and 41 games this season. And he's a plus 16. He also hit the gritty this season. Your thoughts on Jake Wallman? Uh, this is just a, a great extension. He's fitting so well in Detroit. You know, a guy who kind of struggled to crack the lineup in St. Louis and even his uh, first few years in Detroit. But, you know, he's really found a home there, and I, I think this is uh, a really great contract. Yeah, I agree. Good contract. Um, he's fitting well with that uh, Detroit defense. So I really like this trade for Detroit. Or, sorry, this uh, signing for Detroit. Next up, Jesse Pugliarvi. Trade to the Carolina Hurricanes for Patrick Pustola. Uh, Pustola hasn't really done much. Meanwhile, Jesse Pugliarvi, five goals, nine assists, 14 points in 58 games played. He's a minus 11. He's been on the outs ever since probably last season with the Oilers. Last season, he did have, have his best year. 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points in 65 games played. Uh your thoughts on the Pugliarvi trade? I believe he was drafted number four overall in the 2016 draft. Yeah, well, obviously going fourth overall, he has uh, talent. He just couldn't really put it together in Edmonton. Uh, I think this is good for Carolina, taking a flyer on a guy like this. You know, Edmonton's been rumored for so long now to be trading him. We finally see it happen. I think he'll fit in well with uh, in Carolina. They're a pretty talented team. You know, uh, I think he'll find the back of the net a uh, decent amount more playing in uh, Carolina than Edmonton, which is surprising to say when you, you, you know, you're on a team with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but uh, I don't really think he fit in well there. Uh, like, obviously, he, he has talent, he has skill. I, I just, I, I don't think his play style really matched uh, what the Oilers were looking for. I think uh, his, like, style of play matches much more uh, in Carolina. I think he'll fit in great there. Uh, I really like the straight for Carolina, especially not having to give up any draft picks or really anybody with value at all. This could be one of the sneakiest trades, this this uh, trade deadline, because not only is Pugliarvi going to a great offensive team in Carolina, they have more depth than Edmonton, so you have more chances to put Pugliarvi somewhere where he could explode. But he's Swedish. Who else is Swedish on the Carolina Hurricanes? They got a lot of Swedish people. Sebastian Ajo won the World Juniors. He had a line of Line A, Pugliarvi, and Ajo. That line went off, so you're basically re- reuniting two thirds of that line. That's that's great, and you're not giving up assets again. Great for Carolina. I love this trade for Carolina. I think it could work off in space, and even if it doesn't, you flip Pulleyarvi back, and it could uh, give you same assets back. You're not even giving up a big asset there. And Pulleyarvi's contract does end the season. They could resign him to a. Obviously, a cheaper extension. So, I really like this trade for Carolina. I think this is a smart deal. I think it could be a, one of the best pickups uh, this whole offseason. Or, sorry, this whole uh, trade deadline season. I think, uh, you know, uh, maybe Carolina doesn't do much more. But this is still a very scary team with Pooley-Arby added into the mix. Um, next bit of news. 
the New Jersey Devils legend Scott Harrington has been picked up on waivers from the Anaheim Ducks or by the Anaheim Ducks. One goal, seven points through 28 games played through uh, with San Jose. Was traded part of the Timo Meyer deal. And now he's picked up on waivers by the Sharks uh, rival, the Anaheim Ducks. Your thoughts on Scott Harrington? This is the sixth NHL franchise he's been with ever since being drafted in 2011. Uh, I don't really know much about Scott Harrington, but uh, uh, I mean, the Ducks are going to need defensemen, uh, especially with the the rumors there uh, with Klingberg and who knows what will happen with Shattenkirk. So, uh, I mean, the... He's he's a guy, you know, you could throw him in there. He's not going to do much. Might not be bad necessarily, but, uh, you know, when you're tanking, those are the kind of guys you have on your team. Yeah, as a Sharks fan, I always kind of liked Scott Harrington for the one season he was with. We did, obviously didn't give up anything to get him. Uh, I like Harrington. I think he was sneaky good. I think he fit in well with Carlson once he, uh, once he uh, they uh, got rid of Magna. Uh, so... I mean, it's a good pickup for the Ducks. They're going to need defensemen, especially with Klingberg probably getting traded. So that's that's good asset management by the Ducks. Um, six kind of for Devils. I'm, I mean, they have a deep de- defense core, so I'm not surprised it's there. But, I mean, sucks that they had to give part of that trade up. I mean, not a big one, obviously. I'm sure they're happy with Timo Meyer. I would be, too. Um, speaking of the Sharks, the Ducks have traded Henry Thurn or Thrun, to the Sharks for a 2024 third-round pick. Thrun has five goals, 26 points through 28 games with Harvard, uh, Harvard University, that is. Is a UFA or RFA this? Or UFA. UFA. UFA this upcoming season if the Sharks do not sign him. He was not going to sign with the Ducks. That sounds likely, more likely than ever, that he's going to sign with the Sharks. Your thoughts on Henry Thrun? Um, I haven't watched the Harvard game so I can't really tell you uh what he looks like on the ice but judging by the stats it's pretty good for a defenseman uh especially him being the captain obviously uh that's leadership there um I I like this trade for the Sharks you know these college guys you have no idea what they're going to be like some of them turn out great some of them you know are aren't the best like we've seen with Jimmy VC uh the Coyotes did it uh last year with uh McBain trading a second for him uh I think it's worked out pretty well. McVay's been solid in Arizona. Uh, This could work out for the Sharks. A third-round pick isn't nothing, but it's not, like, anything drastic. So, I mean, you take a flyer on a guy who's been pretty good in college. uh, You just hope he works out. And uh, I don't think the Sharks make this trade unless they know he's going to sign there. So uh, I definitely think that he'll he'll sign in San Jose. Yeah, I agree with you. I like this trade for the Sharks. It's just a third-round pick. I mean, even in a deep draft, I'm okay with that because you're getting a decent prospect to help with your depleted defense because, I mean, the Sharks have given up Harrington, Magna. They're most likely going to get rid of Eric Carlson this offseason. Hadika went in the uh, Meyer trade. So four defensemen in your overall organization. You guys start restocking a little bit. And I think Henry Thrun... Judging from stats, like you said, I haven't seen any Harvard games, obviously. Seems like a good prospect. Kind of reminds me of the Brinson Passenchek pickup that they had from ASU a couple years back. Passenchek, I felt like, was a decent top six option. Um, bit, it was a struggle. You know, probably at best was a seven defenseman. But at the time, it looked like the Sharks were getting a good asset. And it looks like they're getting a good asset from college here. 
Um, so I, I hope he does sign. It sounds like he's going to sign. So we'll see how that pans out. Our other major trade, we've come to that time. An Arizona Coyotes legend. I'm honestly kidding. Chicago Blackhawks have finally pulled the trigger on Patrick Kane. Patty Kane, Mr. Showtime, heading to Broadway. First made a little stop in Arizona. Uh, so Chicago is retaining 50% of Patty Kane's contract. In return, the Hawks uh, get a 2023 conditional pick in the second round, a 2023 fourth round pick uh, in this upcoming draft. The Coyotes get a 2023 third round pick for retaining more of Patty Kane's salary as the Rangers get Patty Kane. Your overall thoughts on the Patty Kane deal as he heads to Broadway? Um, it doesn't seem like Chicago got enough for him. But uh, it's kind of hard to, to say that because uh, it seems like Kane, the only team he was willing to trade uh, to waive his no-movement clause for was the Rangers. So Chicago didn't really have a ton of leverage. And uh, the Rangers probably know that they aren't going to resign him. Um, so, you know, from the Rangers' perspective, they probably didn't want to give up a ton. I think there's a good chance that, that that second turns into a first, you know, if the Rangers make the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I definitely think it's possible. Um, I the, Obviously, the return seems a little underwhelming, but I think if you look at it from the overall like picture, you know he, the only team he really wanted was the Rangers. It was going to be hard to get the Rangers to you know budge from their price. So uh, I think it's a solid return for Chicago. I mean, it's it's weird seeing going to be seeing him in another jersey, but uh, I mean now the Rangers just look dangerous. Great trade for them, but uh, yeah, that's really it. Well, they saw the team of Meyer trains say we can one up you again. Uh, I'm sorry, but that. Fourth round pick was in 2025. The Coyotes pick is in 2025 as well as a third rounder. Chicago is also getting Billy Sauriarvi and Andy Wolenski, basically AHLers. And then Cooper Zek also goes to the Rangers. Um, I I like this trade a lot for the Rangers because of a couple things. One, Patty King can fit, fit on those top two lines. You can put him with Tarasenko, and that could be elite, which is funny because who would have thought we're getting Kane and Tarasenko as a duo when those two teams, Chicago and St. Louis, their original teams were big rivals. They fought each other in the playoffs a couple times. But you can also reunite Patty Kane with the bread man himself, Artemi Panarin. How awesome would that be? It, it sounds like that's what they're doing. They're putting Trocek, Panarin, and Kane on the line this upcoming game. That's an elite line right there. I mean... Again, Patty Kane and Panarin were fire that that one season. They were on the line together. And so seeing them reunite in the Rangers, their top six yeah. is incredible because you got Hedl, Trocek, Kane. You got Tarasenko. You got Kreider. You got Zibanejad. That's your top six. And then you still got Lafreniere, Kako, Lobdef down the bottom, Tyler Mott, the legend, Senator's legend. So, I mean, that's an incredible asset. And like you said, he wasn't going to go anywhere except um, except the Rangers. So what they got back for him did suck. I wish they could have squeezed a first-round pick. But, I mean, in all honesty, you can't, you can't really complain because, again, like he wasn't going to go anywhere except the Rangers – Unless Buffalo maybe took a swing at it, but that wasn't going to happen. Um, 
So I like this trade a lot for the Rangers. Obviously, the trade does suck for the Hawks. It kind of feel, feels like Coyotes got the same value almost for Patty Kane, and they only retain salary. Like, first off, Patty Kane, Arizona legend, gets added to legends like Shane Doan, Pavel Datsuk. Man, incredible yeah. that that team could be um, back in 2015. Um, so I, I like I really like this trade for the Rangers. I still think the Rangers beat the Devils in their first round matchup. That is 99% going to happen. Yeah. Um, because and this trade just solidifies it. And if I had to choose a winner, I'm obviously going to Rangers. But you can't really blame Chicago for what they did. It's good. I think this is like the most weird trade even as a Sharks fan that we're going to see because I mean it's going to suck seeing Timo Meyer in a Devils jersey it's going to be weird but Patty Kane has been with Chicago it seems like forever obviously helped them win three Stanley Cups it's going to be crazy seeing him in a Rangers jersey any more thoughts on Patty Kane uh not really I mean it's it's so weird seeing all of these guys you know been with their teams for so long and getting traded with Kane quick even Matias Eckholm we'll, we'll get to has been with uh Nashville for a long time but uh I mean Kane he's not having the, the best season of his career but I mean he's been on fire lately so. yeah he's been incredible he's been back to Mr. Showtime 16 goals 29 assists 45 points and 54 games played again on a really crappy Chicago team his best linemate was Max Domi. And no offense to Max Domi. I think he's been really good on Chicago. But that's no Tarasenko. That's no Panarin. He's going to light it up, man. I really think so. And he's also won the NHL's 100 greatest players in their first 100 games. Or, sorry, first 100 seasons. So, there's also that. Um, going on to that, a little minor trade here. We start, we start getting into some Washington Capitals trades. Marcus Johansson going from Washington to Minnesota for a third-round pick. Uh, your thoughts on the Johansson trade? Uh, he's a good depth guy. I mean, he's been in Minnesota for, before for a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, uh, something huge. I think it'll be helpful for Minnesota for their playoff push. Uh, and uh, not really anything big. What, they give up a third for him? Yeah, so, so it's a third-round pick. Yeah, nothing huge. Solid uh, return for for Washington, who got him for pretty cheap from the Kraken last year. Um, it was less than this, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate the trade. Uh, I don't, like, love it for Minnesota, just because I, I think that they could should have gone after some better players, but, I mean, it never hurts to get depth. Didn't Sprung go in the original Johansson trade? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe. Because Sprung has been really good for yeah. the Kraken. But, um, yeah, 28 points, uh, 13 of those are goals in the 60 game, games he played this season. Like you said, like, he's a third-line guy. He's going to be great for Minnesota, um, especially for a team that's fighting the cap. Um, I think it's great for them. Moving on to the next trade, uh, the Maple Leafs have traded Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals for Eric Gustafson and Boston's 2023 first-round pick. I know... You had a lot of, uh, or a big opinion about this trade in particular. Let me read off his stats real quick. Four goals, 16 assists, and 20, and 20 points uh, for 52 games played this season. He's a plus 10. He's now joined the Washington Capitals. Your thoughts on the Sandine trade? Uh, I, I would like to return for Toronto. Um, I just don't really understand them getting another defenseman back. I feel like they have a ridiculous amount of defensemen now. 
Um, uh, I don't really see where Gustafson fits with them. I don't see him even playing. Maybe they trade him. But, you know, now they have another first-round pick, and I 100% think they're going to trade that pick. You know, it's Boston's pick, so it's not going to be, you know, the greatest thing in the world. It still has value. I still think they're going to trade it. Uh, Sandine, he's still young. Um, he's not bad, necessarily. Um, being a former first-round pick, uh, obviously he has some talent. He has some skill. Uh We'll see. Washington wants these kind of guys to, like, you know, retool some people who weren't uh, great in their on their former team, but, you know, still have uh, a little bit of value, a little bit of talent, and can maybe revive their career. Um, you know, I think it, it'll work out for both sides. Uh, I think Toronto just needed to get rid of some defensemen, which is why I'm really surprised that they got a defenseman back. But, yeah, we'll see. Eric Gustafson has 38 points this season. Yeah, I know Gustafson's been really good uh, offensively. He was always good offensively. He had a, one ridiculous year in Chicago. He had like 15 goals, like 60 points, something 43 like that. points in uh, 79 games back in 2018-19 season. Uh, I, yeah, Gustafson, uh, Eric Gustafson did pick up for Toronto, although I'm confused why they're picking up another defenseman. We'll get to the Shen trade. They trade for Luke Shen. Um, they obviously traded for Jake McCabe earlier. So all these defensemen, it seems like they're revamping their defense core on the fly. I like this pickup for Eric Gustafson. I like that they're getting a first-round pick because a first-round pick in this draft is worth a lot. So it feels like for Washington, they're making a trade, like you said, making a trade just to make a trade in this one because, yes, Rasmus Sandin is a good player. Yeah, he wasn't going to stay with Toronto. It's pretty obvious he was going to leave. But did you really have to give up a first-round pick and a great defense, a good defenseman for Sandine? I don't think so. Um, I'm just confused about it from both point of views. More on Washington's end for giving up that many assets, and then I'm sure that Toronto will resolute whatever's happening uh, internally eventually, like this week. But if you would, if you had to choose a winner in this deal, who would it be? Um, that one's tough. I'm gonna say Toronto, just because. Um, uh, I I didn't know how much value um Sandine had. You know, wasn't the the greatest player there, and I think that first round pick will turn into another depth piece for them. So um, uh, just looking at the the Leafs roster right now, they have Brody, Giordano, Gustafson, Hole, Lilligren, McCabe. Riley, Shen, and Timmins, that's nine defensemen who are NHL-caliber defensemen right there. Yeah. Which means, you know, three of them you're going to sit. Uh, I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense. You know, you're not even going to be able to carry nine defensemen on your roster. So uh, I think they'll they'll trade a few people. I think Justin Hole definitely could be traded. Um, and, uh, we'll see what happens with Lilligren, who's another, you know, young guy who's been pretty good. But, uh, I mean, they just have so many defensemen now, and you can't carry nine around. Yeah. And uh, they're, they just signed Timmons to an extension, so I don't really see them getting rid of him. But, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so our... I mean, I agree with you. Toronto, I think, is clear winner. This next one is more up your alley. It's an air Leafs trade, but it includes your favorite team, the New York Islanders. Um, Pierre Engvall going to the Isle. Uh, for a 2024 third-round pick. Engvall stats, 12 goals, 9 assists, 21 points, and 58 games played this season. Take it off, Mr. Islander. I love this trade. I think he's a, a Lou player. 
he'll fit on the the Islanders really well, uh, especially because the team that's been decimated by injuries right now, missing so many players. Just these are the kind of guys you need. Uh, I know he's a pending UFA, but uh, I don't think Lou makes these kind of trades unless he's uh, certain that he could resign him. Uh, you know, he, uh, I think he'll fit great wherever. You know, he could penalty kill, uh, play on the third line there. He could play all three positions. I know he was a center with the Marlies. Uh, he kind of played more wing with Toronto, but, you know, he can center if you need him to. I just really like this trade because, you know, third-round pick isn't huge, but I, I think he's the kind of guy that, that the team needed, um, especially with all the injuries. Uh, I, I really like this trade, but uh, we'll see We'll see how he fits in with the Islanders. I think he's a, a perfect player for us, though. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. Um, I think a third-round pick is great pickup for Toronto, for Pierre Engvall, and like you said, seems like an Islanders player, good depth. Uh, piece. Who knows what the Islanders do if they don't make the playoffs, but Engvall could be a good bottom piece for the Islanders for quite a bit of time. Next up, Luke Shen to Toronto again. We're talking about Toronto. Luke Shen from Vancouver. He has three goals, 18 assists, 21 points. Uh, and then he's going going back is going to be a 2023 third round pick. Tampa was obviously interested in Shen, but ultimately... Uh, Toronto gets the grasp on him. Your thoughts on the Luke yeah, Shen trade? Kind of like a full circle there. You know, it got drafted by them. It didn't really work out there the first time around. But uh, I just think it's uh, interesting with uh, how many defensemen they have because you know now now that uh, they got Shen, I mean you you got to guarantee him a spot in the lineup. I doubt they make this trade just just to scratch him. But uh, solid pickup. You know, Shen has the experience winning the cups with Tampa. Uh, I like to trade for Toronto, uh, bolstering up their defense core, something that uh, has been a little bit lacking. But um, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, Matthias Ekholm going to Edmonton. Let me just get the full trade here. So Matthias Ekholm going to Edmonton along with a six-round pick. The Predators acquire Tyson Berry, Reed Sheffair, a 2023 first-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. I love this trade. For the Predators. I think Ekholm is good, but he signed for three more years, making six million, and that's not the kind of guy that you want there when you're looking to retool. Uh, I think Barry is solid. Uh, not the greatest defensive player, but I think he's improved on that. A uh, guy that obviously was great with Colorado, but, you know, has struggled recently. The, the offensive part of his game has always been there. I think now he's kind of coming back to form with his defense. Um, I, I love this trade for Nashville, especially getting a first back with it. I think that could be uh, uh, really valuable, especially the Oilers. I'm not very confident in them going far in the playoffs. So I think it could be a, a mid-teens first. So uh, I definitely think Nashville wins this trade. Tyson Berry has 43 points this season. Matias Ekholm has 18. Out of the two, I think Ekholm's a better defenseman. Yeah, which is what the Oilers needed, defense. Absolutely. But Berry is not a bad pickup as well. You're getting a first-round pick. You're getting another pick in there. I think that's perfect asset management by Nashville. Not So they're trading away Ekholm, who, again, was a big piece for Nashville. Um, he helped them get to that Stanley Cup final back in 2017. He helped them be one of the best offensive teams in the league. He goes to Edmonton. I think he'll be a great fit in Edmonton, but he's 32. He has three more seasons left on his deal. I do believe that he's going to fall off eventually. 
I just really, really like this trade for Nashville. I think this is another slam dunk trade. This is the second first round pick they've acquired. They now have three. Did they trade away their own first round pick? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, so they have three first round picks. They have a crap ton of second round picks from the Niederreiter and Jano trade. I think two actually. Um, and then. I mean, you're getting Tyson Berry, who, if you if needed to, you can flip him as well. You're probably going to get good assets back from him. I don't think they flip him, but, again, great asset management by Nashville. I mean, Nashville, although they're resetting their core, it seems like early on that this isn't going to be a quick reset. I think Nashville, when you still have Yossi, when you still have Duchesne, when you still have Forsberg, you're still going to be a really good team. And I like the little defense that they're building up here. Who knows if McDonough stays, but you have McDonough, you have Yossi, you have Calfoot. I think that's an underrated pickup. Uh, now you have Tyson Berry. I mean, their defense is still pretty decent. And even after they've traded Ekholm, I think it's still a great trade for Nashville. Um, moving on, Gustav Nyquist, Sharks legend. Um, he's getting traded from Columbus to Bo- or sorry, to Minnesota for Boston's 2023 fifth round pick. What are your thoughts on the Nyquist trade? I love this trade for Minnesota. Um, he's obviously hurt right now. He'll be back before the season ends, though. And, uh, I mean, he's just a, a such a great uh, player, you know, especially on the penalty kill. I feel like he's been, you know, he's always a guy that, that just gets shorthanded goals somehow. Um, and only for a fifth. I get he's hurt right now, but, you know, he'll be back by the end of the season and for the playoffs. I, I love this trade for Minnesota. You barely give up anything. You get a guy who's been great in the past. You know, he knows how to score goals. Uh, I think it's a perfect fit for them. Yeah, you put the L in Columbus um, with this trade, I think, because I think Nyquist is a great player. I obviously saw him in San Jose. He was one of my favorite players on that run. I always liked Nyquist. The goose is loose. I liked him in Detroit. I liked him in San Jose. Kind of fell off when he was in Columbus, but I still always liked the Goose. He's going to be back in time for the playoffs. He has 22 points this season, obviously on a very crappy Columbus team, but you're going to be on a Minnesota team with someone like Kirill Kaprizov. Imagine Nyquist with Kaprizov. If Nyquist regains his Detroit form, I think this is going to be great for Minnesota. But even from right now, it's just a fifth-round pick, and it's Boston's pick. This is great for Minnesota. Minnesota, I think this has been had, having a great trade deadline so far, obviously, with their salary retention, getting some picks for that. Marcus Johansson trade, I think, was great for them. Nyquist trade, I think, is great for them. I, I just really like this trade for Minnesota. Um, moving on, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, let me just pull it up. We're going to talk about Nick Jensen's contract extension. He signed a three-year extension. Actually, we just got a trade. Shane Gossespierre is going to the Hurricanes. Ooh! You heard it here, folks. We're breaking trades. Um, well, let's, let's dissect that first. Uh, Shane Gossespierre at the Philly. Do we have anything back yet? Uh, n- nothing on the return. Just came out literally a minute ago. Uh, Gossespierre is going to the Hurricanes. Um... We'll, we'll see. Obviously, we knew he was going to get moved. Uh, I loved Ghost in Arizona. Ghost area. Um, um, I, I still hope he comes back here. 
in free agency. I did like Gasper, but, yeah. Um, I, I'm really hoping that, that uh, the Coyotes get a good return. I mean, we were all expecting this to happen. Um, we'll see how long it takes for the return to actually get released because uh, we've been seeing uh, take hours for some of these trade details to come out fully. But um, good pickup for Carolina. Great offensive defenseman there. Yeah, so I mentioned Gosper uh, was in Philly. Um, why did I spell his name wrong? Let me pull up his uh, stats real quick. I mean, it's not even deadline day. What's going to even happen deadline day? Like, honestly, but Gosper, 31 points in 52 games. He's been arguably the best defenseman for the Coyotes, maybe besides Chickering in the games he's played. Carolina's defense, man, that's impressive now that they have Gossespierre because you have yeah. Brent Burns, Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Gossespierre, Brady Shea. You have Jalen Chanfield, who has been great for them. I'm probably missing someone, but... Calvin DeHaan, <laughs> Islanders legend, and Blackhawks legend. Blackhawks legend, twice. Um, that is six defensemen that easily, maybe besides Chanfield, are easily in your top four on any other team. Don't you agree? Yeah. But I still think Arizona, like, even though, um, you know, you mentioned that we don't know the return yet, they got enough. They had to train nothing to get Goss. They, they actually got, I think they got a second with him. They Yeah, exactly. They got assets with him. So, ultimately, you're getting a sec. you got a second round pick, and you're getting more for Goss Fair. Plus, you got a season and a half-ish. It seems like it's a third to for Goss Fair. Going back to Arizona. A third? Yes. Not terrible. No, it could be better. Again, like, they trade nothing to get him. Um, I like this trade for Carolina a lot. I really like this trade for Carolina. Because, again, Slavin, Pesci, Burns, Gosper, uh, Brady Shea, Jalen Chatfield, that's that's a great top six, man. That, yeah. That's really good, but... Yeah, third round pick. I feel like the Coyotes could have more, maybe because he was he's been injured recently. Who knows? But uh, I really like that trade for Carolina, especially the Puliyarvi trade. Oh man, they're a scary team. I don't care that the Rangers added Kane, Devils add Meyer. I still think Carolina is the scariest team in that division, especially because they have three scary goaltenders. That defense is yeah. loaded, and they're even their offense. You have. Aho, Svechnikov, you have Natchez, you have uh, Jarvis, you, I can keep going. You have all these great, oh, man, that team is stacked. That team is scary, man. Yeah. Any thoughts on this groundbreaking trade before we move on? No, not really. I mean, I think it's a little underwhelming return for uh, Arizona. I feel like I was expecting a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if they could actually retain salary. I think there's a limit on that, how many contracts they can retain. Yeah. Um, so I don't even think they could have retained uh, salary anymore for Goss's fair. Um, I don't hate it, the trade. Um, you know, you get something for a guy who was hitting free agency. Um, but uh, thank you, Goss's fair. Uh, Goss's fair. Revived his career in Arizona after struggling Philly a lot, and you know, it's good asset management. You know, you, yeah. you got him for future considerations, uh, which obviously tough to give up future considerations. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, Arizona just took him in, revived his career, and then he flipped him for another asset. So that's just a uh, good job by Bill Armstrong there. All right. Well, if nothing 
else interrupts us, we're going back to the uh, scheduled program that wasn't even scheduled to begin with. Nick Jensen, uh, what was it again? It was a three-year contract extension worth $4.05 million AAV. Two goals, 22 assists, 24 points this season, and 62 games played. Nick Jensen, any thoughts? Um, he's not bad. Nothing crazy, but uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a high contract, uh, especially for a team that you know is kind of looking to to do a retool. But um, just uh, solid solid deal. I don't hate it. I don't think it's anything crazy, but uh, it's just what it is. Coming to the end of the news that we have to report is the Dylan Larkin extension. Dylan Larkin is staying in the Motor City eight years worth a AAV of 8.5. He has 57 points in 59 games played this season. He was born and raised in Detroit. He's the captain of the Red Wings. Obviously, like there were rumors of him potentially leaving. Any thoughts on Dylan Larkin and the contract extension that he got? Uh, I like it. I, I think the him and Bo Horvat are pretty similar, so I, I kind of expected them both to get similar contracts. Um, I just think it's great for Detroit to keep their captain, you know, hometown kid. Uh, you know, they drafted and developed him. So uh, I really like this trade for or signing for Detroit. Uh, I never really thought he was going to leave. It just didn't really make sense. Uh, I knew Eisenman was going to get it done. But uh, I, I think it's a it's a good contract. He's only been getting better year after year. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to see the salary cap go up. So, you know, I still think a lot of these, like, 8 to $9 million contracts are going to look like more of, like, 7 in a few years once the cap starts actually going up. Yeah, I like this extension for Dylan Larkin. That's a round ways worth. I like his season so far this season, and I like how he's staying in Detroit because Detroit has seen a lot of people leave uh, in the past couple of seasons. So I think Larkin is a big piece of that of that uh, team. I think you don't trade your captain, especially when you're on your way up. We saw the Sharks do that. That sucked for them. Now, obviously, they suck again. Um so I think this is great for Detroit. Detroit fans can rejoice. If they trade someone like Tyler Batuzzi, like that's not too big. He's been on his way out for a long time, it seems like now, but don't lurk it. I mean, that's a great, great uh, player that they've had for a little bit, and that's someone that you that came from Detroit. So no, not only did he grow up in your organization, but he grew up in your city thanks to your organization a long time before he was even drafted by the Red Wings. But yeah. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts? No, uh, we'll we'll see uh, what the Detroit does going forward, because um, they're they're close to making the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it could happen, but uh, you know, I, I still think that uh, they they're gonna have some rough contracts there with guys like Chirot. I think Eisenman's done a pretty good job there, but you know, he hasn't. He some moves haven't been great, like uh, Verana and Chirot. But um, I'm interested to see what they do with Bertuzzi now because I think he has some value and I don't see them signing him long-term. Yeah, unless you want to talk about Austin Rushoff going to the Predators <laughs> for future considerations, who is a minor uh, player. We have one more trade. That is the Lars Eller trade. Lars Eller going to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2025 second-round pick going back the other way to Washington. Uh, your thoughts on the Lars Eller trade? Um, I like this for the... The Avalanche, because you're getting a, a playoff performer there. He was so big in that run that they made to the Cup, the Capitals. Um, he, he's actually a, a guy I didn't realize um, 
how old he was. I thought he was like 30, but he's like almost at a thousand games. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a season away from a thousand. Uh, he's just a good veteran guy. I really like the return for Washington also. A second is, is really good value for, you know, a third or fourth line center. Uh, but I think Colorado got is looking more towards the playoffs. You know, you got a, a playoff guy. And, uh, you know, their center depth was a little thin. So I think this kind of rounds out their, you know, their bottom line center. I think that's where he'll play, maybe third line. But, uh, you know, I really like this for Colorado. Yeah, 18 points in that uh, Stanley Cup run that you mentioned. But 16 points this season, 60 games. I think Eller's a great playoff performer. I think this is the trade that the Avalanche have been known to do. Kind of reminds me of the Burakovsky trade a little bit. Uh, Burakovsky was obviously younger, um, but obviously they didn't get a lot back for Burakovsky, uh, at least the assets they should have. And it kind of reminds me here. This one kind of reminds me of the trade that they did with Montreal last season with, uh, what's his name again? Uh, I know who you're talking about. I'm blanking out. Lekkanen, Arturi Lekkanen. Yes, Arturi Lekkanen. It reminds me of the Lekkanen trade. Lekkanen, huge in the playoffs, especially during that cup run for Montreal. Eller is a massive, massive piece for that 2018 Washington Capitals Stanley Cup championship run. He's going to be a big part for Colorado in this, in their playoff run that they'll probably go on. I mean, they're on fire recently, so. And uh, we actually have another trade. Oh my gosh. Um, Philip Hironik to the Canucks for a uh for 2023 first and a 2023 second whoa so uh actually the islanders 2023 first that's an interesting trade um i don't really know what detroit was doing there <laughs> that kind of came out of nowhere that but... did come out of nowhere i did not <laughs> think philip Hronik was uh was on the trade market i know what are your first thoughts jesus <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought I was reading that wrong at first. I I, um, I thought Hironic was having a decent yeah, season. Yeah, I know. He's got 38 points in 60 games. Uh, he just matched his season totals in 78 games played uh, from last season. That's I, a I don't really understand this trade from Detroit. I mean, from uh, Vancouver's perspective, because... Um, the Islanders pick is top 12 protected, but you know the Islanders aren't guaranteed to make the playoffs, so there's still a chance that that pick lands in 13-14, and it, that's a really valuable pick to have. That's a lot to give up for Verona, because yeah. it's a first and a second. Um, that first can be potentially moved to 2024, by the way. The second round pick is a 2023 one. Verona goes to the Vancouver with a fourth round pick. I like that trade for... Uh, Detroit a lot because although Detroit was having a, is having a good season with Hironic, you obviously need to uh, trade some defensemen for prospects coming up. I thought there, but Bertuzzi was going to leave. I didn't know Hironic would uh, go. Uh, that's actually really interesting. I didn't, I did not expect that. I mean, that oh by the way, that third round pick that the Coyotes got for Gosper is in twenty twenty six. Yes. Um, that's actually interesting. I really thought Bertuzzi was going to be the first one gone. Um, no, wow. That's, I, I'm, I, I just, I don't get this trade at all I from Vancouver's either. perspective. I agree. I mean, uh, Hironik's not, like, bad, but uh, it's just, 
is he is he worth trading that you know that first round pick that could be 13th 14th overall for yeah um we'll we'll see how it works out but Vancouver a team that's not really contending to me it makes so much more you sense to trade to, a first round pick to, to if keep you're not the picks. yeah especially this season and i mean it could and if you're going to trade it i don't get trading it for like a, a mid pair defense but if you're going to trade that pick trade it for you know, an impact guy yeah, again, for the future. This trade doesn't feel like a for the future trade. It feels like a, a trade you would make if you're in win-now mode, which Vancouver is not. Vancouver has some pricey defensemen on contracts right now. And, I mean, unless they're planning to move them out, you have a long jam on your defense because obviously Quinn Hughes is up there, but you also have uh, someone like Ethan Bear who has been playing really good recently ever since he came from uh, Carolina. That's really confusing from the Vancouver side. I, how do we always end up talking about Vancouver? Yeah, I, I think Vancouver just made the trade, so uh, we could have something to talk about with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that trade at all. Yeah. I mean, there's another Stevie Iserman uh, fleecer, and also another random Stevie Iserman uh, trade, kind of like the Verona trade. But, yeah, um any last thoughts on that on that weird trade, that weird heroic trade? It's just it's just weird, and I it just came out of left field. I really was not expecting that at all. I mean, uh, I think Heronic's still young. I I think he's like twenty five, twenty six, but um, yeah, I just I don't know what Vancouver's thinking. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and before I end the Orlov trade thing, um. That I was talking about, uh, like I said, good trade for Colorado. Any last thoughts on the on the Avs getting Lars Eller? Or sorry, the Eller trade. Wow, I'm really flipping out. Any thoughts on the Eller trade? That, like I said, Eller is a good pickup for Colorado. No, like I said, I like their return for for uh, the Capitals. Getting a second um, is, is, is always good for a guy that's not uh, anything special. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I mean, I, I do think this is going to help Colorado out a lot in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, this is a perfect time to end the emergency podcast that lasted oh, an hour. Detroit got a first and a second. That's what I said. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought they, they traded, got extremely I thought they good traded a first for Heronic and a second. I think Detroit might be the winners of the oh, trade deadline yeah. this season. I don't know about the whole trade deadline, but that trade to trade well, easily. Think about it, because they locked up Larkin, they locked up Wallman. You're locking up two vital parts of your team. Then you're also getting a first and a second for Hironic. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, pretty good stuff, by Irishman. The winners. I still think. I still think Toronto has won the deadline. Toronto has done but, really good. Don't get me wrong. I think Toronto. I think the Rangers have done an extremely good job. Yeah. Um. Carolina might be a sneaky one, too. Who knows how that L.A. one turns out. But right now, I would put Detroit-Toronto as my one-two. I really like what Detroit has been doing the past week or so, especially with Larkin, Wallman, and now the Veronica trade. Like, that's a lot of value that you're getting back. But, Tyler, before any other trade, before Connor McDavid gets freaking <laughs> traded, Jesus Christ, um, any other trades? Let me check Twitter one more time. I don't see anything. Jacob Chikorin looking in the background now at this at this trade value that you got for Heronic and Chikorin's like, man, I can get so much more. Like, if Heronic's worth worth a first and a second, what is Chikorin worth? I just I think that um, the whole market 
I guess it's just been messed up, just not only by Heronic, but like the Geno trade. Yeah, that Geno like, trade was insane too. That that I think Nashville is actually one of the top three yeah. and that won the deadline. Besides the Niederreiter trade, that I just, trade I think one outlier. I think um, it turns to Chickering. You you've kind of. Uh, you know, narrowed down a lot of the teams because now I feel like Carolina's out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like, the, you know, the Oilers are out of it now with Ekholm. The Kings are out of it with getting Gavrikov. I feel like there's not a ton of teams left, you know, that could actually get him. Yeah. To me right now, it uh, seems like uh, Pittsburgh might be in there still. I, I could see Columbus, even though they're not contenders, see Columbus making a run for him and even St. Louis still. But, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens with Chikorin. Yeah, there's not a lot left now in the trade uh, deadline market. You have uh, Chikorin, but you have, beyond that, just deaf forwards like Nick Bukestad, Nick Benino. You have James Reimer, now Jonathan Quick again. Uh, there's not a lot, unless there's going to be another Heronic trade out there. There might as well be, but... Yeah, that's that's crazy. But um, Tyler, any final thoughts on the emergency podcast or anything that we talked about or anything in particular? I feel like we're gonna have to do another one of these tomorrow with all these the trades. They just won't stop. This has easily been the craziest. I, I wouldn't just, not just deadlines like the week leading up to the deadline. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen this many trades ever happen, and and like lead days leading up to the deadline well also adding on to that i feel like this trade deadline is going to be the actual deadline day is going to be one of the worst in recent history because all these trades have obviously come out of nowhere yeah on the weekend and now going into the week so i agree with you but any other thoughts no um we'll we'll see what happens on on friday with everything this there seems like a lot of trades that are just coming out of nowhere guys we didn't expect to get moved so I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see a little bit more of those in the next few days, um, but yeah, all I always we just gotta gotta see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. So, when the emergency podcast, um, that probably won't be the first or sorry the last emergency podcast this uh, week. So we'll end it here. Uh, thank you guys for listening, especially on a day we weren't scheduled to record. Uh, thank you, Tyler, for obviously taking some time out of your precious schedule. Um, some precious sleep you were having there. <laughs> I had to wait for Tyler like 20 minutes getting down from his little dorm, you know. So thanks for taking the time out, Tyler. Of course. Uh, but anyway, uh, shout out Twitter. Uh, ChaseBeersley underscore if you want to follow me. And Tyler? TylerCast underscore if you want to follow me. Give him a follow. Uh, Islanders legend. <laughs> Um, I mean, I want to finally shout out really quickly the Arizona Coyotes sh- uh, social media team. Amazing post about Patrick Kane yesterday. If you don't, if you didn't see that, go check that out. I mean, incredible social media skills. So for Chase Beardsley and Tyler Cass, this has been the Emergency Podcast or Episode Five of the Desert Shift Podcast. Thank you for listening, and hopefully you won't have it as an insane week as we will, and everyone else in the NHL will have. Have a great one.